Is it going to be on our top list for most anticipated video games of 2024? Find out. Tune in next year and see. <laughs> exactly. Tune in and find out. Hey everybody, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And welcome to another episode of the Nerds Inc. podcast. Gary, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we're about a week out from Christmas and Christmas time, so yeah. um getting ready for that. And also this is our final episode of not just season two of the podcast, but also of twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast this year has kind of flown by, you know. Um, yeah. We went through 45 episodes of a podcast uh, in a year. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, no, I mean, we've been kind of punching these episodes out weekly. And so we do appreciate, you know, all of you who have been listening, who've been tuning in every week. You know, even if you don't listen to every episode, you know, we really do appreciate you uh, because you listening, you know, helps our numbers, helps our fan base grow. And we're thankful for all of you. Yeah. And uh, Skylar doesn't know this yet, but uh, I'm working on something really big for season three. And so once we, do that launch uh it's going to be epic and i'm excited for it dope all right keeping me in the dark i like it Tis <laughs> <laughs> the season for gift giving i got you it is it is <laughs> um great well today uh for our final episode of the season and the year uh, we are going to be talking about uh, our most anticipated video games for 2023 so far we have done our most anticipated movies recap our most anticipated tv shows recap and what better way to end it than kind of like how you know, season one began, which is talking about our video games uh, that we were most excited for for this year as well. Uh, this list was a little bit smaller for both of us. I think we each did three games instead of usually we'll do like a top five. Right. And we did that because, you know, simply, you know, you and I are, are, are grown and we, we got we got jobs, we got other lives, we have our, you know, our artist careers that we're focused on. So it's a lot harder to play video games these days the older you get. But we still had a few that we were really excited yeah, sure. about. But before we jump into that, something that is closely related, uh, and that is the 2023 Video Game Awards happened. Uh, it was streaming on YouTube for those uh, that don't know. Apparently, it does that every year now. This was the first year that I actually got to watch it um, almost mm. in its entirety, which was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, Gary, did you get to catch the Game Awards at all? No. Um, I think when the Game Awards was live, um, I want to say... Uh, it was during Thursday Night Football, and I think I was watching my team get utterly embarrassed. That That's – I'm sorry. Yes, that did happen the same night. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so Game Awards happened uh, a couple weeks ago now, um, and so we wanted to briefly kind of talk about that with all of you to provide kind of our thoughts on it and then also let you know what some of the winners were. Mm -hmm. So – Pulling that up here. Uh, we had a lot of cool reveals to it as well. Um, we have, of course, uh, Hideo Kojima announced uh, a new uh, game uh, coming out. Uh, we had the new preview for the Blade game that's coming out that is a Bethesda creation, which looks really exciting. Um, but yes, the only sad part is. is, for us PlayStation fans, is that it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, Gary, how do you feel about 
how do you feel about Blade being an Xbox exclusive? It's it's a missed opportunity, honestly, for Bethesda. But we knew this was going to come when Microsoft bought them out uh, not too long ago. So it's expected. It sucks because, I mean, just imagine what you can do with Blade um, and the just the gameplay that you could have with that. <sighs> I swear, though. But there is rumors that eventually it will come to PlayStation, similar to how... Um, some of the other PlayStation exclusives eventually came to Xbox. So there may be hope for us in the future, but yeah. And for those listening, for those listening that are big PC or Xbox fans, I'm sure you're like, ha, finally PlayStation got a cup of their own medicine. You know, you guys have had exclusives with God of war and uncharted and Spider-Man. And so now we get our own. So I feel you. I hear you. Um, I used to have an Xbox back in the day, so I get it. Like, you know, me personally, like, I wish it wasn't like that. Like, right. as much as I am Team PlayStation and Team Sony, I do wish that there were more cross-platforming. Um, I, agree. I I don't really support Spider-Man being only on PlayStation or Uncharted only being a PlayStation exclusive. Like, I get why these companies do it right, because capitalism, all that great stuff. Uh, it's not great, let's be honest. Um I think for the video game community, it really benefits everyone as a whole when you can do cross-platforming. So I don't really support PlayStation doing it any more than I do Xbox. So that's my two cents on that anyway. I definitely agree with you on that. But jumping into the Game Awards, so we had those you know cool announcements. Uh, Jordan Peele also came out on stage and announced that he's working uh, exclusively with Hideo Kojima on some movies. They're going to do like, or uh, not movies, but horror video games uh, that oh. that Jordan Peele is going to work on, uh, as well as you know film adaptions. So that's going to be cool to see. Uh, but kind of looking at some of these top awards here, um, before we talk about kind of the elephant of the, in the room that was, you know, what happened with Spider-Man 2. Uh, we're going to talk about some of these. So starting with Best Family Game, uh, we had a few different nominees here, but Super Mario Bros. Wonder was the winner for that one. Uh, for Best Fighting Game, we had Street Fighter VI win. Best RPG was Baldur's Gate 3. For Best Action Adventure Game, we had the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Best action game was Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. Uh, innovation and accessibility was uh, Forza Motorsport. And these aren't, we're not going to list all of these winners because there are quite a bit of them. I was just kind of looking through some of the top winners. Best mobile game was Honkai Star Rail. Best debut indie game was uh, Cocoon. Yeah, hmm. I think that's right. Never heard of that one. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And then we also had best ongoing game, which this was surprising because, Gary, I know that you're a big Apex Legends player. It, it yeah. went up against this. But best ongoing game, surprisingly, was Cyberpunk 2077. What are your thoughts on that? That's interesting because I thought that they had pulled that game and I had not heard about them re-releasing it. So I was excited when this game, uh, Cyberpunk, was first being announced because it looked interesting. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to play it. I just never knew when it got re-released, so I'm going to have to check it out now. Right. I remember being really excited when they first announced it because it had like Keanu Reeves in it. Right. And it looked next level. But yeah, certainly when it debuted, we all know how much that launch failed. (laughs) 
So I steered clear from it. Like there was a point in time <laughs> they even removed it from the PlayStation store. Like that's how bad right. it was. They removed it from, you couldn't, you couldn't even buy it, but apparently, yeah, recently they did re-release it um, where they provided all these patches and updates. So apparently it's, it's bug free now, which is great. Okay. Um, but yeah, nice. I mean that game won over apex legends and Fortnite. So that was pretty surprising. That's impressive. Honestly, I, I'm not too surprised. Um, I don't play Fortnite, but I follow people who love Fortnite. And honestly, over the last two years, Fortnite has not done anything that has really changed the player experience. And Apex, while it has made a lot of changes, um, I don't think that the experience on Apex is much different now than it was last year. Uh, Outside of they added larger maps and to me that's not that's not good enough mm, fair moving on to best performance in a video game so this is the award given to an individual for voice over acting and or motion capture performance uh, so this was a pretty stacked list up against you had cameron uh monaghan uh who he plays cal kestis in star wars so he was nominated for star wars jedi survivor idris elba was in there for cyberpunk 2077 phantom nice. liberty uh yuri lowenthal which we know from you know he played peter parker in marvel spider-man 2 but the award actually went to neil newborn for Baldur's gate 3 I'm a little bothered by this <laughs> because, I mean, you got Idris Elba, you got Cameron Monaghan, you got Yuri Lowenthal. I was like, come on, man. Like, at the very <laughs> least, you know, I know I'm going to I'm gonna put on my Spider-Man Homer hat here, but Yuri Lowenthal was, I mean, the voice acting in, in Spider-Man Phenomenal. 2 was next level. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, so I know I'm, I'm kind of speaking from a place of ignorance there, but I'm just very surprised that out of all the nominations for Spider-Man or for Star Wars or for even Cyberpunk or you know even Baldur's Gate I'm very surprised how this award turned out. Yeah. Um I was a little disappointed cuz I was sure Yuri was going to uh, win this one just because I've been playing Spider-Man 2 and again just his performance in it is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh so this this kind of does feel a little disappointing for me, but this is this is a video game award that, and I'm not too much in that video game arena, so I feel like my expectations for who should get awards probably doesn't fit with the quote unquote <laughs> gamers' expectations for these. Type right, of awards. right. Yeah, where were the casual gamers that they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So for best audio design, uh, this is recognizing best in-game audio and sound design uh, that went to Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, also up against the likes of Spider-Man 2, amongst others like Alan Wake and Dead Space. Uh, for best score and music, that went to Final Fantasy 16. Really no surprise there. Final Fantasy and Legend of oh, Zelda always have great soundtracks. Best art design went to Alan Wake 2. Best narrative went to Alan Wake 2. Best game direction. So basically what would essentially be the best director at the Oscars, best game direction went to Alan Wake 2 as well. (laughs) Over Spider-Man 2 and Baldur's Gate. Uh, Game of the year. The moment you've all been waiting for, the moment we've been waiting to talk about. So I do want to mention these other nominees because this was 
pretty stacked. Uh, this was recognizing uh, a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields is what the description is. So the nominees were Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, the Resident Evil 4 remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now, I think at this point, if you're tuned in to our social media or any type of social media, you should know that Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year. Against all of these, Gary, what were your thoughts? Um, I never heard of or played Baldur's Gate 3. I did, again, didn't even hear about it until just before the awards. Like two weeks before the awards uh, ceremony. So I was like, what is this Baldur's Gate 3 game? Um, heard about it. Never decided to play it or look it up or anything. With it winning, I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Super Mario Bros. I thought would have at least had a better chance. I think it was like one near the bottom for um in regards to um votes for this uh award but to me the biggest slap in the face is the fact that resident evil 4 a remake is in for game of the year when it all they did was just change the 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 video aspects of it and they didn't like they didn't change the narrative nothing was existentially changed about this game outside of it got a facelift. Mm -hmm. I find that to be disrespectful. That should not have been in the in the running at all. Agreed. I, I'm of the personal opinion, I think you would agree, Gary, that remakes should absolutely be recognized at the Game Awards. We're not saying that they shouldn't. Uh, there, there should be a category that should be like best remake or best reimagining because I would right. totally support that. But to throw in a remake, because we all know if you've ever played Resident Evil that their games are classics. And Resident Evil 4, I played the original for the PS2, um, and it was amazing. It was so mm -hmm. good. Uh, it was definitely one of my favorite Resident Evils that I have played. I haven't played any of the remakes. I know they did Resident Evil 2, 3, and now 4, and they're talking about they're going to continue remaking them. So that's fine. Uh, I don't have an issue with that. What I do have an issue is that like, if you're going to start putting remakes in Game of the Year, that's where it can get kind of iffy because it's like, well, what if they were nominated for Game of the Year back when it was the original? It's like, it just right. kind of seems like they're double kind dipping. of getting, yeah, they're double dipping. They're getting a few extra chances to potentially win it. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe they were just trying to humor Capcom with this Resident Evil 4 remake by putting them as Game of the Year because right. I don't think they probably stood a chance, but I just don't know if it should have even been nominated personally. It definitely shouldn't have, not in my opinion. I feel the yeah. same way about movie remakes. Like I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't put any of the Disney live action remakes in for movie of the year. Like mm. it, it shouldn't. They shouldn't. Or win. best picture, yeah, yeah. They shouldn't be put in those same categories during the Oscars. So why should video game remakes be put in the same categories for video game awards? I find it to be disrespectful to the video games that came out that year that actually had to start from scratch and, you know, do everything from the, from the bottom. Yeah. Well, t uh, to your point, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, those that are big Oscar fans, um, uh, when, when Bradley Cooper did the remake for a star is born, I'm pretty sure that was nominated for best picture the year that it came it out was. with Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, right? That was yeah. a remake. And I know that there have been multiple films that, you know, like the original came out in the 1940s or the 1950s. And so mm -hmm. a remake is done 40 or 50 years later and it gets nominated 
at award shows. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Like being that, you know, video games are still relatively new, right? Like gaming really started to expand obviously in the seventies, but you know, really in the eighties, nineties, and then, you know, post 21st century. So as we start to get to, you know, 50, 60, 70 years of gaming, you know, should remakes that have come out, you know, decades later count for game of the year or, or do you kind of stand firm in that stance? Um, that's tough. That is tough. <laughs> I would say it's, if it's like a 50, 60 year difference, that that's okay. Mm. Because you have a whole generation that hasn't played the game in its original form compared to most of us play uh, Resident Evil 4 when it came out like what 20 years ago um, so it's not enough time that's gone by yeah. so I think time has to be a, a factor in whether or not a remake can be put in these categories for you know best picture or uh, best game of the year type thing yeah see for me I don't even think it's necessarily a time difference I think it's just like how radically different is the technology that was used to make it so, you know, back in the day when video games were like top down, like if anyone, when they saw the G GTA uh, 6 trailer, uh, there was like lots of talk about like the origins of GTA and what GTA 1 and 2 looked like. It was a top down view, like a bird's eye view. So like you would see the top of the car and that's how you were able to kind of drive, right? And then you would hop <laughs> out of the car. It was all top down. It wasn't a 3D perspective. Right. It was all 2D, right? Just, that, that's the word I was looking for. It, it wasn't 3D, it was 2D. So now you look at like what we're we're getting with GTA 5 and GTA 6 it's completely radically different it's like a whole different world it's a whole different game yeah. so i would say if the technology in that aspect is radically different for a game like Resident Evil like you know back in the day when graphics just had like a blocky face and just like slits for eyes and you couldn't really see the the face of somebody it was just a block of animation right then i would say yes because like yeah we know that they definitely improved the the resolution quality they reskinned it they probably made the gameplay a little bit more fluid and better so i'm yeah. sure all of that is great but i just i don't personally think that they could have changed that much of the game mm -hmm. uh, given this kind of like two decade gap that's really worthy of that but i think if you're talking about like once again like a grand theft auto or even a Spider-Man game, like we're talking about Marvel Spider-Man 2, the recent release. You know, I remember playing Spider-Man 1 for the movie and you couldn't go below the clouds <laughs> in the city. You were web swinging around New York. But if you went below the, for some reason, it was just like a constant state of clouds in New York. And right. if you fell below the clouds, you died. So you couldn't even Instantly. go to the streets. Yeah, you couldn't even go to the streets in Spider-Man 1. You had to stay above in with the other buildings. So that aspect is like, yeah, like it's a completely different game because now you can go on right. the street and you can swing around the city. And you can web glide around all the five boroughs, you know. Mm -hmm. That's different. But if we're talking about really the same kind of map of the game reskinned, probably not. So I think the technology has to change first of all. The performances have to change, mocap, all of that. And then like how much radically different is the game? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, you get a, a video game that came out 15 years ago and you just remake it with, you know, more up to date technology. It's like giving uh, a 40 year old Botox to make them look like they're 30. Uh, not good enough for me. Yeah, it, it, there's got to be differences there. 
Um, Personally, though, how I feel about Game of the Year is like you guys know if you've been listening to the last few episodes, if you listen to our review of Marvel Spider-Man 2, I'm a complete Spider-Man homer in this. Um, I'm also a big fan of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, still playing that game, haven't beaten it yet as of the time of this recording. But I thoroughly enjoyed Marvel Spider-Man 2, and I personally, that was my personal game of the year. I know anyone that follows IGN on IG, you know that uh, when they interviewed Timothy Chalamet, who actually was the presenter for Game of the Year at the Video Game Awards, they they, uh, interviewed Timothy Chalamet, and and they're like, you know, Timothy, what is your Game of the Year? He's like, oh, it's got to be Marvel Spider-Man 2. Like, even Timothy Chalamet had Marvel, (laughs) Marvel in there, so I think... You know, for the common, maybe more casual gamer who's not familiar with some of these, I mean, personally, in my opinion, these obscure titles like a Baldur's Gate, because to me, that is obscure. You have to be like a hardcore gamer to know what that is, because I didn't even know there was a Baldur's Gate one and two, let alone a three, (laughs) you know? So I think for for more casual gamers, it probably would have been Spider-Man 2, but I get it, you know? Um, I've heard that Baldur's Gate 3 is completely game-changing and it revolutionizes combat. Um, and it's it's a very um, creative focused game where how you can design your character and all of that. The only gripe that I have with it, once again, having speaking more from a place of ignorance, having not played the game, is that it is a turn based combat type game. So very similar to if anyone has ever played a Pokemon game, right? You know that you have to take turns in the battle. You can't just like go all out and fight. You have to like you, you do a move your opponent does a move you do a move your opponent does a move so it's turn-based combat in that aspect and i don't mind pokemon games but i think <laughs> i, I kind of grew out of turn-based combat to me i'm not a huge fan of it so i don't know what do you think gary i, I i've never played turn-based games um i know marvel's um midnight suns was a turn-based card game type game and many people didn't really like that I never was interested in playing it once I found out that that was what it was. Um, so that's probably going to be a reason why I probably will never play Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> just because I'm not a turn-based type player. Like, eh. Yeah. I, I'll yeah. play Mortal Kombat 1 before I play Baldur's Gate 3. I'll say that. Yeah. No, I I think the one turn-based game that I actually enjoyed outside of Pokemon when I was a kid was um, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 came out um i don't know did you ever play kingdom hearts gary uh i played the first one with my cousins a long time ago so i played the first one as well it was a very hard game for a kid to play but kingdom hearts like 1.5 um i forget the name of it uh those listening, you might know or remember the name, but uh, it was basically like a like a game in between. It came out for like the Game Boy, and it was a card game. Like you were, you were still playing a Sora, um, or not Sora? Oh God, I'm, I'm even forgetting the names. But you had a card uh, battle essentially with these different Disney characters. So I remember that was kind of fun. So I think there can be fun turn based games. Um, so maybe you know Gary and I are completely missing out, and Baldur's Gate Three is a complete banger. So who knows? But maybe me personally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll let y'all know if I ever play that. Yeah, me personally, so don't expect it anytime soon. Me personally, I wish it would have been Spider Man Two, but you know, congrats to Baldur's Gate Three. I'm sure it's a great game uh, that Gary and I will probably never play. So that is kind of our recap of the Game Awards. Before we jump into our games and our most anticipated list, 
Um, Gary, do you want to do a quick recap of the three games that you chose that you were most excited for this year? Yeah. Um, this is actually pretty funny because the three games that I have on my list, uh, I've only played one of them. Uh, but my three most anticipated games of 2023 were Hogwarts Legacy, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Now, many of you may say, Blasphemous, how could Spider-Man 2 not be on your list? Well, at the time, I kind of forgot Spider-Man 2 was coming out this year. And then, you know, we only agreed to do three. It would have been weird if we had done four. So, yeah, that's why it's not on the list. But it was definitely in the top five, uh, if we had a top five. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Um, no, I don't I don't see a problem with your list. I probably should have included Star Wars Jedi Survivor in hindsight. Um, but my list, as it currently stood, was Hogwarts Legacy was my number one. Spider-Man 2 was my number two. And then Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League was also on my list at number three. So I think it's important to mention that we both had Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League on our lists. And the game didn't release. So I, I want to clear the air there. Um, for those listening, if if you're not really a huge gamer or you didn't know this, Suicide, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League was pushed back, which happens all the time with video games. Uh, video games will get a release date. You'll typically hear about it, what, two, sometimes three years in advance, and then you get close to that release date. And they're like, psych, we're going to go ahead and push this back 10 months. We're going to go ahead and push this back next yeah. year. And that's what happened. Um, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is a rock steady game. So the same company that that brought us the Batman Arkham games is the one developing this game. So I think that's why I'm personally super excited for it because we know how amazing that combat was for the Batman Arkham games. It made Batman have essentially the greatest game trilogy of all time. Um, Easy. So very exciting. And that's you know where Marvel Spider-Man 2 kind of got their combat from was those games. So very excited for this game. Unfortunately, it did get pushed back to February 2nd, 2024. Uh, Gary, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Uh, I was highly disappointed, but I was kind of glad because some of the, uh, cause they, they released a beta, uh, around the summer of this year and the beta got terrible reviews. People were saying like the combat was clunky. Um, they were saying like the, it was like a, not a pay to play type thing, but it was a soft, uh, cert, uh, pay for service type thing where like transactional, you, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, ah, that's terrible. They were saying the upgrade system was relatively poor. And it's kind of sad because if I remember correctly, Rocksteady, like you mentioned, they did do the Arkham series, but they said that they were going to have this game kind of based in the same universe as the Arkham Origins game. And Arkham Origins was somewhat loosely tied into the original Arkham trilogy, but it was kind of like an alternate version of that, uh, if I remember correctly. And um, it's it's kind of sad that they, you know, had such poor reception in the beta. But this isn't the first time that Rocksteady has, like, delayed a game. You know, I remember when Arkham Knight was first announced and it was going to be this revolutionary game and they were going to release it. And I think they pushed it back, like, five or six months so that they can finish fine-tuning some of the, uh, the cut scenes and things like that. So, disappointing. Not unexpected. Hopefully, when this game actually releases next year, it's good enough to uh, hopefully be nominated for 
an award. Yeah, that's the hope, right? Um, no, I, right. I'm of the belief that like if you're pushing something back to make it better, I'm all for it. You know, we see it happen with movies and shows sometimes, but it really does happen quite frequently with video games. So I'm not too surprised mm -hmm. that it got pushed back. I'm sad that it got pushed back all the way into next year. Um, yeah. But it's understandable. Um, and at this point, you know, we're a month and a half away from its release. So I'm definitely excited for it. It's a game that I'm definitely going to get. Um, and I like Rocksteady a lot as a studio. I love what they did with Batman so Arkham. Um, so I would, I'm still going to get it, still going to play it. And hopefully that it, it will be better than its beta. And that's the reason why they pushed it back. So agreed. Hopefully. Is it going to be on our top list for most anticipated video games of 2024? Find out. Tune in next year and see. <laughs> exactly. Tune in and find out. Um, but out of the, those two games on each of our lists that did release and that we did get to play a little bit of, um, Gary, what were your thoughts for your two games? on your list so unfortunately i still haven't played jedi survivor um, <gasps> i absolutely loved fallen order so it's a huge disappointment i haven't played jedi survivor yet um i plan on getting it very soon but the gameplay that i've seen it looks absolutely phenomenal that's another one where i was just like i feel like that game should have it could have won game of the year if you know people wanted it to be but you know that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I played Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I got that, and I actually really enjoyed the game. I think the game is really, really good. Um, it's much more immersive than I, I anticipated. And even after we did our review where you talked about how you felt about the game and you gave you know your thoughts on it, it, it I felt like you didn't do it enough justice because it's better than what I would have thought. And even looking it up on IMDb, um, it has an 8.7 out of 10 still, which I think that's kind of low. I would definitely put it at a 9, 9.5, uh, just because I feel like it's that good. Um, you get a lot of really good interactions with different characters in the game that I think uh, works to make it much more entertaining. And I haven't gotten too far into it because I got spider-man 2 shortly afterwards so i have to pick that back up but um once i start playing it again I, I look forward to you know really trying out the traversal and uh being able to uh, perform some of the other spells that i unlocked so mm -hmm. i enjoyed it um but jedi survival has a 9.0 on imdb so again like this this game was it it should have been the first one I bought, honestly. I should have bought that one instead of Hogwarts Legacy, but we made our decisions <laughs> and you have to live with it, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think you, you took the words right out of my mouth with Hogwarts Legacy. Um, it was my most anticipated game for a reason. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Of course, we did a review for it back earlier uh, this year. So definitely check out that review if you want to listen and know my thoughts about it because I played it. Gary kind of interviewed me about it. Um, <laughs> I was very excited for that game. Um, and it, it looked amazing because it's an open world Harry Potter game, you know, so it, it was kind of like the games that were based off of the movies, but like to the 10th degree, it was just amplified. It was so much fun. Combat was amazing. Um, the story was, was, was pretty solid. I think, you know, the story was trying to kind of cr create something very new, unrelated to 
you know, Harry Potter and, and his lore. It was very much its own thing. It was based off the lore behind Hogwarts and kind of Hogwarts' creation and stuff like that. So it was interesting. Um, the main villain was kind of eh for me, but some of the side villains I really enjoyed. Um, and the magic that you get to learn is like amazing. And you get to learn all of the bad curses and like the killing curse and stuff. That's just so OP. And it was, it was great. Um, and I do want to really commend and give a huge shout out to Avalanche Software as well as Portkey Games. These were the the production companies that developed Hogwarts Legacy. This was like the first real big game that either of these companies had ever worked on. Portkey Games was created by WB and, and, um, you know, what is now WBD uh, as a game company to exclusively develop Hogwarts and Harry Potter based games. Avalanche Software had worked on some stuff in the past, but this was by far their largest game that either of them had ever worked on. Portkey Games primarily did like, you know, phone games before this and mobile games. So this was a huge undertaking. I know they spent years doing it. Um, and it absolutely lived up to the hype, if not more. Um, I think because it released so early in the year, Hogwarts Legacy came out February 10th of 2023. So I feel like because it released so early and people had so much time to binge it and play it, that it really didn't gain any traction at the Game Awards, which is kind of sad to see. Like The fact that it wasn't nominated, I think, is because of how early it came out in the year. Unfortunately, that did it a, a disservice. Uh, because, you know, once again, even, you know, Star Wars Jedi Survivor wasn't nominated. And I think it, you know, a lot of people talk about the Game Awards being like this thing where it's it has to be like this revolutionary game. And I get that. But let's be real. Resident Evil 4 wasn't a revolutionary game. No. Sorry, uh, it was not. No. So but it was still nominated. So that's my point is like, I don't think it's all about being a revolutionary game where it changes the way that you game. I think sometimes it's just about how great is this game to play. And for me, that yeah. was Hogwarts Legacy. So. Once again, you can hear all my thoughts about it in our review, but I loved it. It was great. I'm excited to see them expand upon this world with a sequel that has basically already been confirmed. So, Oh, that's nice. I'm excited for that. Yeah, and they're going to uh, – HBO apparently wants to adapt it into either a show or a movie. I think it's going to be one of those two, so that'll be cool. That's if they have the money for it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, hopefully they're they're sending all their titles over to Netflix, so let's hope they have the money for it. And Tubi. And Tubi. That's crazy. Um, but And then Spider-Man 2, uh, you guys have heard us talk about it at length. Uh, it was definitely going to be in my top two always. Um, I really loved the first one, and I, I enjoyed Spider-Man Miles Morales as kind of like that intermediate game. Um, I think what Insomniac has done with the Spider-Man franchise has just been wonderful. I think these are mm -hmm. definitely the best Spider-Man games that we've ever gotten. But then on top of that, Easy. they've basically adapted the same style of combat and play and world building that the Arkham games had for Batman. So mm -hmm. these games are to Spider-Man what Arkham was to Batman. And because of that, yep. Insomniac is killing the game. So we did our review for Spider-Man 2. I won't speak any more on it. You guys can go back and listen to that. But it was a great game. It was had some phenomenal voice acting and mocap performances. The villains were amazing. Uh, boss battles were a lot of fun. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. So I'm glad that that was in my top three because really it has, it had, to me, a strong, con you know, it was in strong contention with being my favorite game of the year alongside Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man uh, series, like you said, is to Insomniac what Arkham series is to Rocksteady. Mm -hmm. It was is almost like um, Insomniac was like, hey, let me copy your paper. <laughs> 
Um, and Rockstar was like, yeah, just, you know, change it up a little bit so that they don't think that it's the same thing. And that's what we get with Spider-Man, um, which is a- absolutely phenomenal because if you really look at it, Marvel Spider-Man is Arkham Asylum. Marvel Spider-Man 2 is Arkham City. Hopefully, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but hopefully Marvel Spider-Man 3 is just a little bit better than Arkham Knight. I enjoyed Arkham Knight for what it was. Um, I think the combat in Arkham Knight was really good, but I think the problem that most people had was just the story was basically uh, under the Red Hood Arkham version. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to me, that was, I mean, it was just predictable. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the only problem with it. It was, just, it was predictable. A lot of people didn't like the tank battles. I was okay with it. But if... Spider-Man 3 is as good or better than Arkham Knight. I'll be happy. Agreed. And it, it should be even better, honestly, with just the level of storytelling and gameplay that Insomniac is able to work with. I think it will be better. That's true. Um, so that that's definitely my hope anyway. Uh, so then where would you count uh, Miles Morales in the Arkhamverse? What would, the, would that be comparison? Would that be Arkham Knight? Or not Arkham Knight, but Arkham Origins? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I love Arkham Origins, honestly. I think Arkham Origins is highly underrated. Um, the gameplay on it was comparable to Arkham Asylum in uh, Arkham City. Um, the boss battles to me were 10 times better than both of them combined. So yeah, I would put Miles Morales comparable to uh, Arkham Origins. Wow, that's surprising. See, I enjoyed Miles Morales. I enjoyed Arkham Origins to a degree, but it was developed by WB Montreal, which was different than right. Rocksteady, and you can kind of tell the difference. I felt the gameplay yeah, was very copy and paste. There wasn't anything innovative about it. <laughs> and the boss battles, while they were fun because you get to fight Deathstroke and stuff like that, like they were just kind of eh for me. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Arkham Origins for me is like easily the worst of the Arkham series of games. That's fair. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I would compare it with Miles Morales because as good as these games are, like you got to rank them to some degree, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say my, uh, Spider-Man Two is the best. Then I would put Marvel Spider-Man and then Miles Morales right up under it. Same way I would do with Arkham series. I would put Arkham Origins at the bottom. But to me, that's not a bad thing because it's like ranking the all-time classic movies. It's like okay, one of them are going to have to be at the bottom, but you know, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's not as good as the others. Right. Agreed. Um, and I know you already mentioned Hogwarts Legacy's uh, IMDb rating, which had an 8.7 out of 10. Um, and Marvel's Spider-Man 2 had a 9.4 out of 10. And I know you also- Very deserved. Very deserved. So all these games are are really, like, they're highly rated for a reason uh, from both mm-hmm. critics and fans. I'm hoping we can get the same thing from Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. There's the hope there. Um, but Gary, is there any other games that you've played this year that you would have included in your top three or maybe your top five? Um, probably not just because I didn't do a lot of gaming this year. I will say that, um, if I can just throw out two games that I think are relatively underrated, but probably would never be in a top five list for me. Um, Gotham Knights. I think that game got a lot of hate when it dropped late last year, but I think it's actually a pretty decent game. It's pretty enjoyable, um, but it's just so basic, and that is my problem with it. The combat is basic. The storyline 
basic. The only interesting thing about this game is the fact that you get to play with characters other than Batman. Everything else is just so... The way you said Arkham Origins is copy and paste, this game is copy and paste from every other type of video game that you can think of. That is like that. But to me, it was enjoyable just because I got to play with Nightwing and Batgirl. So, you know. Um, and then the last game I want to just kind of uh, briefly mention that I play uh, quite a bit and I think it's fun, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game, I think it's very fun for what it is. My biggest gripe with the game is they really missed out on an opportunity to do what Gotham Knights maybe could have could have done, but just better. And that's make it multiplayer in the sense of you get to play with all the other characters because you're playing as the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you're only able to play with Peter Quill. Uh, completely missed opportunity. Uh, same thing I, I believe we talked about with Spider-Man 2, where you could have done co-op with it. Like this is a game where you could have just played with any of the characters and maybe even have multiple players at the same time. So big missed opportunity, but fun story, um, interesting combat system and really good graphics and a good story. Again, that I actually, actually enjoyed. And the, to me also last thing, the voice acting in Guardians of the Galaxy is actually really, really good. And I think it's better than the voice acting in. Um, any of the games I played today, uh, this year outside of Spider-Man and um, Hogwarts Legacy. All right. So that is our top three most anticipated games of 2023, right? So this yeah. is kind of recapping our lists going from movies to shows to games. Uh, it's been a wild year for media, Gary. It has. It really has. Honestly, best year to be alive, honestly, because we had so much good content come out this year. Uh, you literally could spend weeks at a time just watching movies, TV, or playing video games this year. Yeah. A great time to stay inside if you wanted to. <laughs> but we certainly hope that each of you get to go out and enjoy a little bit of the holiday season and festivities. Um, yeah. And just to kind of recap, uh, you know, this year, uh, it, it's really been a special year for us. Um, you know, we, we started this podcast in January of this year of 2023. Um, and we have, we have made it essentially the, the full year of, uh, our first full year as a podcast. So, uh, once again, always thankful for each and every one of you who listen, uh, please continue to spread the good word. Uh, let your coworkers know, your friends know, your family, if they're interested in a podcast that talks about kind of all things nerdy, um, or just pop culture in general, let them know your word of mouth really, really helps us. Yep, definitely. Um, everyone does continue to uh, give us topics too. you know, something that you want us to talk about. Comment on our Instagram and Facebook posts, share the clips. Um, yeah, just uh, continue to show the support and we'll continue to bring you good content. Absolutely. And once again, this is our last episode of the year for 2023. So we're going to take about two or three weeks off and we will be back uh, in the new year um, with some new episodes and season three. So certainly stay tuned for that. Yes, sir. I'm excited. Very excited for it. Because as always, we're trying to bring you new guests, new content, new things to talk about. Uh, we're definitely uh, 
excited because how we're starting season three. Gary, do you want to tell the people what we're doing? It's a special start to the season. So the very first episode of season three will be a live stream that we will do on are we going to do it on Facebook or are we going to do it on Instagram or are we going to do um, on YouTube? We don't know yet, but we will find out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good question. No, we're, we're going to figure that out. But the good news is, is that we're going to advertise it all over our Instagram and Facebook page. So you will know about it. Uh, if you don't already follow yeah. us on Instagram and Facebook, please do so. Um, if you don't have one, I'm sure you have the other. Um, yeah. So definitely follow us there because we will provide updates. But we're going to do a live show on one of those platforms for sure. Exciting. And in the live show, we're going to be doing a fan mailbag. So this will be the opportunity for you listeners to send us questions uh, on the live stream and we will answer. We're going to record the live stream. So even if you can't make that specific day or time, we're going to record the live stream and we are going to make it our fan mailbag episode. So that will be our first episode of season three and 2024. Yep. So definitely tune in and, Again, turn on notifications on Instagram and Facebook for the Nerdtink page so that you can be notified once we, you know, upload and post those uh, updates and uh, you'll know exactly when and where the live will be. Exactly. And do the same thing for wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Apple or um, Spotify, Amazon, Google, any any place that you're listening to us right now, go ahead and turn on those notifications as well for the new episode drops. Uh, we do release episodes on Tuesdays. So you'll know when we drop because you can check you know, your Spotify or your Apple and say, oh yeah, new episode just came out. But we do release yep. on Tuesday mornings. So stay tuned to that. Uh, but as always, everyone, uh, we appreciate you listening this year. We appreciate you coming back for season two. We got season three loading up in the new year. I hope all of you have a fantastic holiday season and a happy new year. Happy new year to everyone and Merry Christmas. Yes. And as always, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And thank you for listening to the Nerds Inc. podcast. We will see you guys in 2024. everyone this is skylar with the nerds inc podcast here to say thanks for listening and if you're enjoying our weekly discussions please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast ask us a question provide your thoughts on our discussions and we may just talk about it in a future episode thanks <laughs>